Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. So, and this whole thing about, you know, um, assimilating people into the kingdom of God is the way that Jesus did it with his disciples. They just very, in an unconscious way, began to, in, began to take on the traits and the characteristics and the culture of Jesus Christ. And that's what happened. And that took time. That took time spent with these disciples. And time is important. Does anyone here feel robbed in the time department? I certainly do. But we, we noticed that, oh, we wish we could have had an extra two days in Kincaidston, or could have we had a whole week in Kilwinning and a whole week in Ayr, and we know we're going into next year with an with a, with a ignition under the vision for kids' ministry. So that's good. So time's important. But do you know what? Every single day we have time daily. We can be the kingdom to somebody else every day. Do you, do you believe that? And they will gradually, um, this is a scientific term, osmos. They will gradually come in to, to the way of the kingdom. And, um, you know, os, osmosis actually involves a little bit of pushing. Your, a person's conscience will begin to push you in towards Christ. I believe that as the Holy Spirit begins to minister to people. People begin to absorb ideas, and we always say this, isn't it? Well, kids are just like little wee sponges. You know, we, that's what we say, isn't it? But that's what, uh, you know, that's what happens a little by little. If you take a sponge and you put it on top of water, what does it normally do? It floats. It floats until you begin to press it and push it down into the water, and then it begins to absorb so, and it's the same on the other side of, with the world. If you lean far enough into the world, you'll eventually fall in. But if you lean into Jesus, you'll fall in there. And that's a better way to go. So these kids, they came at first, mm, what's going on? They began to respond. The other thing was they were eager to come back. After day one, it was amazing, wasn't it? Is, are we go- I had the parents were saying, and I was like, I hope, oh, Father God, I hope they come back tomorrow. I hope they come back because we don't want to be disappointed. And when we heard the parents saying, they're not going to miss this for the world. They're coming back. And it's like, I believe it's like coming back to sit at the feet of Jesus. And they, the seeds had been planted on day, day one. And we, they had this thing, bring a friend, get a prize. And so the next day, they brought friends. So the second day here, our numbers went up, and there was an even better, even more exciting atmosphere in here. The other thing that really, I say it surprised me, but they responded so well to the discipline that the team had. Judith was quite straightforward, wasn't she? Um, They responded so well to the, you know what, what I seen this week was loving correction in action. Not, Not strictness. Not, not I'm going to come down on you like a ton of bricks, but loving correction. We've seen that in action with these kids, and they responded to it really well. And th- that was the way the Holy Spirit worked through the team and through the instructors and through our team. And uh, if anyone wants to share, we'll give a wee chance at the end. Any of our team wants to share, that would be absolutely fine. 
And then the children were open. I want to encourage you today. People's hearts are open. Children's hearts are open to the gospel. I really believe it. So today, um, I want to just bring a short word of instruction, bouncing off the back of Kids Club, and it's called Jesus is a Better Role Model. All right, we're in our Jesus is Better series. Jesus is a better role model. Amen. Amen. Who has grown up with role models in their life? Yeah, I'm sure we've all had a role model in our life. And so I hope that today this message will help us just like it did with these children. They had some themes there. Jesus is worth following. He's a worthwhile role model. Yeah, he's worth it. I am hoping that today that there's going to be a wee spark in people here that is going to rekindle a desire to commit to passing the gospel on to others. Amen? So that the good news that we've received, we, we, we are more willing to be sharers of that good news. That's what this message is about. Now, role models usually have quite a significant effect on shaping your life, don't they? Jesus had his small um, group of disciples. They were all committed to passing the gospel on to others. And those others would in turn pass it to others. There wasn't a plan B. Jesus never had a plan B. It had to be us. It had to be his disciples taking that, passing that on. And it's because that they've done that faithfully that that plan has continued to succeed. Amen. The commitment of faithful men and faithful women anointed by the Holy Spirit has kept Jesus's plan A, the only plan, kept it going. We got to pass this on. You know, there's, there's more than one story to tell. There's, there's at least two, his story and your story. There's more than one story to tell. And this is what we, this is what we want to pick up here this morning. You know, I was impressed um, by the team this week, the whole team, and reminded that the, the gospel is the truth. And when it's shared in simplicity, it speaks to hearts, not only to children's hearts, but to adults' hard hearts. The gospel is truth, and when it's shared simply, it lodges in people's hearts. And that's the way it was laid out for the kids and the parents who heard this this week. Jesus is holy. Jesus is trustworthy. Jesus is forgiving. Jesus is worth following. He's a worthy role model. And finally, Jesus is for everyone. Jesus is for everyone. And our visitors came full of zeal, but it was prayer that spun the wheels of this whole week. And a faithful God who answers prayer that delivered the success. Those souls at the end of the week, that came through prayer and God answering prayer. Amen. So praise God for that. We partnered up. There was unity. There was partnership. The outreach team worked the work that we prayed for. Amen. And it stirred me up. I mean, all of these, these, these people left a deposit in the lives of these kids. Now, maybe they're not going to be their role models. They might never see them again in their life. But they pointed the finger to the best role model that they could ever have, Jesus. That was the important thing. 
And it stirred me up to think, how do I share my faith in Christ across the generations? How do I share my faith in Christ across culture? And culture is a hot potato these days. There are so many different cultural things going on. Now, I want to just hit four things. The team were brilliant. They were great communicators. We all learned so much from them. But here's the first one. It's about relationship. It's about relationship, not about religion. Amen. No one is too good or too bad for Jesus. The primary relationship of concern to us is Jesus. Following from that relationship, we are able to tell a story to other people. The story of the woman at the well is a good case because the disciples thought, why is Jesus talking to this Samaritan woman? She's half Jew. She's not really one of us. She's from a different culture. Why is he wasting his time speaking to her? Because they were down in the town buying food and stuff. They'd been sent away on an errand. Amen? But Christ's commands were simple. Go and preach the gospel to every creature, every person, every culture, no matter who it is. And actually, Kevin, uh, Kevin, everyone on the team knows who Kevin is. Kevin actually went there. I says, Kevin, you went there. You went to the Rangers Celtic thing. He says, well, that seemed to be the logical way to go because that speaks volumes into the, ch- the people of our area. And he used, he sprung, he just sprung board off of that whole thing to get the message through that Jesus loves everybody. He loves everybody. doesn't matter what side of the divide you think you're on. He loves everyone. It's about a relationship with him. And so maybe they thought, well, you know, I'm not, you know, if I thought, well, I'm not going to share this with Lewis because I don't think Lewis is going to be interested in hearing it how do I know that Lewis is not going to be interested in hearing a story? How do I know that he's not going to know, that he's not going to identify with that? Maybe he won't be interested. And how many times do we miss the opportunity to share who Jesus is because we think that they'll not be interested? Amen? But if we have the mindset, just like the team says, why wouldn't someone want to have a relationship with Jesus? Why on earth would you not want to have a relationship with Jesus? And if we are truly open to the Holy Spirit moving in us, we'll share our faith every day, day by day, day to day. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, it says, to the weak I became weak, to win the weak. I've become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. And why do we do this? For the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. So it's all about relationships. It's not about religion. The next thing they said we're talking about was, well, and I thought it was, they were attractive to be around. They created an atmosphere that was attractive. Amen? create an atmosphere, create a desire for the things of God. I mean, I always think about this. How do we, and this is where the, say, the, the phrase seeker-sensitive churches came from. How do we make the church attractive? 
Well, I believe the way to, to make the church attractive and to keep it attractive is to lift up the name of Jesus and all, men shall be drawn, all men's hearts will be drawn to him. That's the, that's the, that is the first relationship that we have to get right. Even in the church, it's Jesus. It's him. And when we share our experiences about Jesus, it attracts people to him. People believed the woman when the woman at the well left and she said to people, do you know what? I think I've just found the Messiah. They believed her. Why did they believe her? Because he could tell her what her life was like. He says, I know how many husbands you have. I know what you've been through. I, and she's like, you must be the son of God. Amen? She was a brand new believer in that moment, set free from her past and hopeful about her future. Amen? So it doesn't matter. All of these, you know, the, a candle gives light as soon as you light it, not when it gets halfway down. As soon as a candle is lit, it gives light. We lit candles, young people's lives, we lit candles this week, and they begin to give light immediately. Pray with us that their parents will come, that their siblings will come, that their families will come. Amen? And so praise God for that, that we can share. When we share a genuine experience that we've had, that's attractive to somebody else. When, we, when, when we, we are creating an atmosphere that people want to be a part of when we share out of the genuine, the genuine things that have happened to us. Has anyone here ever told a story about someone who's told a story, whatever? Does it have the same impact as you telling a story that you've experienced or you've been through firsthand? No. I know that. Just as we actually, one case in point there, my sister and brother-in-law were on a cruise vessel, a ship this week, and they were nearly evacuated off of the ship. The ship's engine went on fire at one o'clock in the morning, and the whole, the, the crew got all of the passengers out to put lifeguards on. They were in life ja jackets on, and they were, <laughs> thank you, honey, and they were in stormy seas, and they had a fire on board the ship. Now, I know that when Mark and Denise come back and they relate that story to me, I'm going to be like, like that, big eyes. What? Anyway, thank God they, they got the ship back to the Dominican Republic, and everything is fine. Praise God for that. But genuine, when you have gone through genuine experiences and you share them, it's not getting bogged down in religious arguments and theology. It's saying, this is my story, and I'm sharing it with you. Amen? So, John chapter 9. Go in your Bibles to John chapter 9. I was going to say, wave your Bibles at me. Thank you. Who waved? Kevin. Oh, he waved his phone. John chapter 9. Verse 25, this is, the, this is the religious people trying to um, catch out this man who's just been given his sight. He replied, because they're trying to say, see the guy that gave you your sight, this man, Jesus, he's a sinner. He's causing trouble. He's going around stirring things up. Listen to what this man says. 
Whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. That's my story. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't really know the man, but now I can see. Now I have a story. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answers, I've told you already and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples as well? <laughs> then they hurled insults at him and said, you are this man's disciple. We are the disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, that's remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Amen. What a story. And everyone around that man would have been attracted to Jesus. This man that gave you your sight. So we have, we have to use, we have to live day by day to get the experiences to share with people. Billy Graham said this one time. He says, one of the greatest obstacles to evangelism today is the poverty of our own experiences. We don't have enough. We don't have a story to share. But Jesus will give you a story. He'll begin to write your story in an even greater way. There was a story once about a diamond seller in Holland. And uh, these guys were selling diamonds in this shop. And a man walked into the shop and he wanted to maybe buy some diamonds. So the one diamond seller picked up these diamonds and began to show the guy the diamonds. And uh, he would just, you know, give him information about them and, you know, you know, this is what they cost and all of this. The guy wasn't too taken with the diamonds that he was showed, so he began to leave the shop. But there was another salesman in the shop who seen the man beginning to leave. And he rushed over to the guy and he said, hang on a minute, can I show you another diamond? And he got this diamond and he began to show this man the diamond and he took it to the right light and he began to move it around. And he was so passionate about diamonds. The other man knew about diamonds. He knew about carrots. He knew about cuts. But the salesman who sold the diamond to the man loved diamonds. He didn't just know about diamonds. He loved diamonds. Amen? And so how and what we share is important. How we share things and what we share is important. Amen? And when we share things that God has put us through, our experiences, that has an impact. It brings satisfaction to you when you share it, and it pleases God. Do you believe that? Sharing your story will refresh and revive you. Sharing your story will, re will refresh your faith, and it will cause you to believe for more. Because I don't like sharing the same story more than once. And you'll say, oh, well, you're a pastor. You have to share the same story over and over again. But you, 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 God will, will fill your life with new experiences to share new things. Amen. Last week, I talked about the spiritual midwives who were part of making sure those Hebrew boys were born. Those boys were born. And God had a special blessing for them. Amen. 
He had a special blessing for them. What we did here this week, we are now got to water that as a church. We've, things have been birthed in the church this week. We now have to water that. All right, the seeds have been planted. Now the church has to come together and water that. I believe, I believe that there's going to be stirring in people's hearts about turning towards kids' ministry, working in kids' ministry. We've been praying here for months for kids' ministers and workers to come. Lord, the harvest is ripe. It's white. It's over. It's overripe. It's beyond. It's ready right now. Send laborers to come and work with us. Lona didn't know what she was going to get this morning. She didn't know if she'd have 20, 25 kids ranging from 2 to 12 or to whatever in there. You know, God will send the harvest when we're ready to receive it. So we have to be ready first. So maybe church as usual is going to change a wee bit. <laughs> Amen. 1 Corinthians 3, someone plants, someone waters, but God makes it grow. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. The other thing that they said, who, the, the team will remember, they talked about Jesus paying the sin bill. So after, after first of all, relating and then creating, conviction comes in then. People, the Holy Spirit begins to work inside people and speak to people. And the Holy Spirit was at work this week, showing, different, showing the separation that we have in our lives because of sin. Children even understand that. Do you know that? And someone paid that bill, the sin bill, and they showed them that, that we have a simple need for a Savior. So the only thing we need to know, we need to know two stories, his story and our story. Amen? We need to know his story, and we need to know our story. His story is what he has done for a fallen world. That's all we have to communicate. His story, the gospel. Our story is the way that his story has affected us. So then we take our story of how the cross and how Jesus impacted our life and what Christ has done in us do you think you could share two stories, one of two, either his story or our story? And maybe it'll be you'll share your story first and then his story will follow. Or maybe his story will come first and then your story will follow. God will make a way. But I want to encourage you today, get to know the story well. Most of us know our story, that's no problem. But how many of us know his story well enough? And I believe that's what, the, that's what God is going to do is going, to, is going to cause us to come back to his word, to know, to show me your ways, teach me, uh, teach me your ways, show me your paths. We will only find out about that in God's word. I was speaking to Ben before the service. We were having a chat over life. I said, Ben, seize the day. Seize the day. Seize whatever you can for, I don't know the words, life passes away like hourglass sand, isn't it? Seize the day. Maximize the moment. We only have so much time left. Amen? Get to know his story first. You won't forget your story. And it's the gradual effect of being able to communicate your story, the story of Christ, that's going to keep relationships stoked up. Amen? 
And the, the last one, the revelation of all this. You know, at, at the end of these three days and two days, Jesus was fully revealed to everybody. Not only just by what's on the wall, but by the, the actions of the people that were working here, working around. Jesus was revealed through people's lives, amen, as the only one who can save. The whole outreach was a hopeful experience. I want to say that there's hope for Scotland. There's hope for our, for our area. It was a very, very hopeful experience. The seeds that were planted are going to transfer into the, the families of these kids. And you know, for a lot of them, they heard for the very first time stories of a completely different way of life that they'd never heard before. Some of these kids have never set foot in a church before. They've never been around God, I say God's people, they've never been around people that come to church before. Amen? For some of them, it was like an encounter with a strange culture. And the other thing that they pro probably heard was a strange language, the way we speak. When we use the word and we praise God and we give thanks and we're, we show gratitude, all of this, and they must have been thinking, what's going on here? Amen? So they came in here and they began to just be absorbed into the, king, the kingdom of God. That's what began to happen. Hallelujah. And what is culture anyway? It's just what we all experience when we're in the same time at the same place. It's the things we share, language, vision, values, our faith. All of these things determine what the culture is that we have. Amen. We had Ukrainian kids in here during the week. But the language that was spoken here was the love language, the language of the kingdom. And the thing is, it doesn't matter what language you speak outside of church when you come into God's kingdom. We're all united by one language, the same language. It's the same language. That's why I love the kingdom of God, because we all speak a common language. Amen? I don't know if anyone is a rugby fan here, but at the last Rugby World Cup, South Africa had an amazing run there, and there was a guy that was speaking about how it was possible for them to have such a, you know, how, how come everything worked out for them? And I want to share what this guy said. He's one of the players or one of the coaches there, and he was asked, how would your, your victory today impact on the people of your nation? And he says, you know what? We're proud. All of this side is made up of diverse people from all backgrounds in South Africa, all right? There were five different languages, natural spoken languages in that team. They all spoke differently. There was five of them. But the language that they all understood was the language of victory. Doesn't matter what other languages you speak, they all united and they begin to speak a language of victory. We can do this, boys. We can do this. We can win this game. Amen? They understand. They understood the vision and they understood the game plan. And that's what they lived and breathed every day until they won. Unity won the day for them. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.